okay. That's <laughs> let's, let's do it. It's like Christmas. Yes. What was that? that Did was... you just laugh there? No, that was my excited <laughs> squeal. I'm like, <laughs> what I'm the so fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Okay. All right. I'm ending the show. This is, this is too much now. Right. And on that bombshell. <laughs> This is 45 Minute Movies. It uh, is. The the film podcast in which we talk about films. I'm Cameron, and as always, I'm joined by uh, the the king of reviewing films, much better than me, uh, Mr. Oase Irfan. Hello. Hello, how are you? How are you? It's going good, man. I am very hot right now. Because I'm currently underneath a tent. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you uh, are. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I know I, I am. I'm always. I'm the hottest I've ever been, both physically and body temperature wise. So, let's get this show on the road, shall we? Because so, are we gonna we're we gonna have a look at some news now? We're gonna you gonna tell me about the news because that's what we usually start with. Yes, it's been a fairly big week for for news. We've had some some pretty solid announcements. I think one of the biggest at the moment is. Um, it was announced on Wednesday that Olivia Wilde, who directed last year's coming-of-age comedy Booksmart, has just signed a deal with Marvel to direct, drumroll, Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman, yes. Very, very interesting developments, because this is, this is coming from Sony and Marvel, so there's a lot, a lot of contention there, but it's also going to add Sony's slate of... It's adding to Sony's slate of upcoming movies, of Marvel movies that have either no connection to Spider-Man or all the connection to Spider-Man. Um, yeah. But we don't we don't know currently if this is in the MCU um, or if it's like Morbius in the MCU in inverted commas. Um, yeah, because there was there was some stuff on Twitter. I was I was reading about this and uh, she replied to Josh Gad's tweet where he said thanks Marvel Studios for hiring more women directors, and she like replied to it and with like a gif or something. And didn't like to correct him on the fact that he'd said Marvel Studios and not Sony. Interesting. So, you know, it's a bit like what's going on here. Apparently, Jessica Drew, who is Spider Woman, I'm not too sure on that, is is owned by Marvel. So is owned by like is actually owned by Disney. So there's another thing to add to the list of who the hell who who the hell knows anymore. Yeah. So the likelihood is that she'll tie in with Tom Holland's. Spider-Man, but then also there's this whole rumored thing about how Tom Holland's Spider-Man is going to tie in with like Venom and Morbius anyway. Who knows what's going on with that world? Um, I mean, they're sort of in the MCU. They're sort of not. So, like, is Spider-Woman going to exist in the MCU? Is it going to be like you know Spider-Man: Homecoming and Far From Home, or is it going to be more like Venom and, and Morbius and sort of sit on the outside, but also technically on the inside. Well, that's what Sony's, I think their game plan is to just kind of piggyback off of Marvel's work, basically, and say, hey, you need to watch this if you want to get the full picture. And Kevin Feige sitting there with his head in his hands playing, oh my, saying, oh my God, why the hell did we agree to this? So <laughs> who knows anymore what's going on with us? It's... Very odd, but it's a good choice of a director. I was I about say. to say, yeah, I absolutely adored Booksmart. Um, and I know Olivia Wilde's getting a lot of sort of attention at the moment. She's set to direct a couple more films. So I think it's quite exciting um, to see her direct 
a big Marvel movie. I feel like she can hopefully bring something interesting to it. Mm-hmm. I did see some criticism saying stuff like, you know, I can't believe this, following the Marvel formula for directors where they direct a, a lower budget indie that does quite well, then they bring them on to make some kind of soulless crash gra- cash grab, which is not my personal opinion on this, but I've seen this kind of that kind of. Well, I know I know that Marvel have been in talks with Olivia for a while, um, and I feel like the reason it was ongoing for so long was because she was trying to figure out something that worked for her as well. Um, so hopefully her signing on means that she's going to have the freedom to tell the story in her own way. I think now that Endgame's sort of out of the way and that sort of phase of the Marvel movies is done, they should start taking a lot more risks with their stories. And I feel like, you know, people like Olivia Wilde or Chloe Zhao or, you know, movies like Spider-Woman and the Eternals, um, films like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of, of Madness, it gives them the opportunity to, to do that. Yeah, no, I'm really hoping for some more interesting stuff because, like you said, it is, they're free reign to do whatever they want now, really, because they've got, they're not, they're not held to anything. This is a completely new slate. You know, we're going in different directions it could be very very interesting i don't know what's happening to my voice what else has happened this week Please so tell me. the I want to know. other big bit of news is that guillermo del toro's stop motion pinocchio film has finally secured a cast and oh boy it's a good one. Oh, it, it did I, I think i've heard rumors but i've never heard anything concrete who is in this beautiful cast so i'm gonna i'm gonna list some of the names we've got kate blanchett Tilda Swinton, Ewan McGregor, Christoph Waltz, David Bradley, Tim Blake Nelson, we've also got Ron Perlman, uh, Finn Wolfhard, and I believe this is for Netflix. Yes, it is. And that's an exciting cast, to be fair. I don't think we've got any news on when it's due, but like that's pretty fucking cool. You know, yeah, it's... it was just a cast announcement, but uh, I mean, that's big hype. Definitely, and Ewan McGregor is Jiminy Cricket, that's... Mm, yes chef kiss that's, also that's also it's a musical is it genuine is it really a yeah musical? yeah oh yeah I've, I've heard it's a musical oh my and interestingly this is going up this is like this a week after we got the news that tom hanks is rumored to be in the disney version with yes Zemeckis directing mm-hmm. so we're gonna have we're gonna have a jungle book situation again where netflix yep. releases a a similar movie around the same time, which is going to be very interesting. It's 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 Disney's world, and we're living in it. <laughs> Definitely, it's going to be interesting. I love Del Toro's work, um, just in general. So this will be really interesting to see. He's going to be. He's, he'll be very. I think it's going to be very strange, but in a good way, you know. I mean, I hope Sense so. It. I hope so. You would hope so. You'd expect that from Guillermo del Toro. I would. I would indeed. Yeah. Speaking of strange. This is a, this is a, I mean it's not even news it's just a sort of fun tidbit I guess. Um, okay. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone came out 19 years ago in 2001. Okay. And this past week it finally crossed a billion dollars at the box office. Oh <laughs> almost 20 years later. That's very impressive. Well done to Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm hope, I hope J.K. Rowling's very happy with herself. And I believe so. I've got the figures here. So it initially grossed nine hundred seventy-four million when it first came out. Fucking hell, that's a lot of money. It's it's a lot of money. And then over the <laughs> years with the re-releases and stuff, um, it's sort of slowly gone up to a billion. 
Yeah, they had a 3D re-release in China, and I can't imagine a worse film to see in 3D, but they released it in 3D and IMAX over there, and that pushed it over the edge. I got to see it in cinemas um, at The View here, and I have to admit, it was very, very cool seeing it on the big screen. I'm a big fan of all the Harry Potter films, so to see that movie on a sort of big screen in a cinema environment, it was it was really cool. So I'm, I'm happy that I've, in some way, contributed to, 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 that, <laughs> to that little fun fact. It's it's a it's a, one I'd want to see. I've seen I saw all of them from four onwards. I wasn't old enough to obviously see. I would have been too. I cried all the way through it. I was like two <laughs> years old when it came out. So yeah, yeah, not, literally would not have managed to see it. Um, but yeah, I've seen all of them since Goblet of Fire in the cinemas, and I love them. So I would have if Cine World opens up and they're showing all the old films again, which I doubt they're going to by the looks of it. Um, I would have jumped at the chance, but it's a shame. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I only saw the last two in cinemas. I was late to the to that sort of bandwagon um but i'm catching prisoner of azkaban on cinemas on sunday and i'm excited because that's my favorite goblet fire is my favorite but mainly just because that was the first one i saw in the cinemas and was kind of obsessed with it so <laughs> it's got the memories i was actually scarred by goblet of fire just because God, voldemort is pretty fucking terrifying the way they introduced voldemort in goblet of fire is pretty damn terrifying Ex- I have to say. exactly and i think i mean i was quite young when that movie came out and i remember just yeah Obviously, the mermaids as well, and then in Voldemort. That whole sort of finale was terrifying, um, to the point where every time I rewatched the Harry Potter films, I would skip Goblet of Fire. Um, oh my! And it was only it was only a few years ago where I finally watched it again for the first time, um, and obviously being a lot older, I was able to appreciate it more. But yeah, Goblet of Fire traumatized me as a kid. It's always funny to me, and I know we're kind of going off topic now and wasting more time, but it's always funny to me how dark the Harry Potter films get from three onwards, where they just become, they're like happy, like, kids films to start off with, one and two are like, yeah, kids, adventures, let's have some fun times, guys. And then from three onwards, it's like, Buck Beak is about to get executed by a man with a big axe. <laughs> Literally, it's like... There's terrifying, <laughs> soul-sucking demons. The Dementors, oh, oh, their introduction in Azkaban is haunting. It's terrifying. I need to rewatch all these movies again. Fantastic Beasts is supposed to be filming in September. I'm going to binge all these at some point. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, Alfonso Cuaron did the third one. He, like, properly, like, shook that world up. He went for it. And they actually, they basically, David Yates or whoever it was. The Dave, yeah, is it David Yates? Cuaron wrote the formula and then he just copied the homework. It was just, it was depressing how samey they got towards the end, but... Now Fantastic Beasts is trying to copy that, and I'm like, please, you do not do have something different. Exactly, you do not have the premise to be gritty and and depressing. They could do. I just wish another man would like. I just wish another man or woman would take over and like just do something different with the entire like just because it's the same guy who's done it for like over ten years now, you know. And it's yeah. Just, it's so boring at this point. I just wish something would change fundamentally about it, but they're stuck. In their ways, because they're like, oh, this makes money. Let's let's do it. Well, that's what's so exciting about the original Harry Potter films. Is like the first few were shifting directors, so everyone sort of feels so different. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, no, definitely. And then from five onwards are the same, and it's just kind of depressing. But hey, yeah, what are you gonna do? Exactly. Anyway, we've gone very off topic here. Uh, What's (laughs) what's next on the the list of news? Um, so again, another bit of news that's more so just a fun fact than a bit of news but um obviously tenet's coming out next week um and the film finally secured a bbfc rating of 12a but but 
Oh. It had to cut nine seconds to get there. And the the footage is supposed supposedly of a man kicking a woman, quote unquote. Um, so they had to oh they had to cut that for the film to to get a twelve A rating. And I think that's so funny. That's oh my! What happened to quality these days? You know, if it's just for a man kicking a woman, you know, if this was a man kicking a man, would we be in the same situation? No, I doubt it. Here we go. <laughs> Where's the equality these days? Exactly. Uh, but no, this is it's. It seems obviously it got like a very big reaction online, but I mean. What it's nine seconds, unless it's the last minutes of the film where they're like, the organization of Tenet is is actually, and then they, it just cuts away to the credits. You know what I mean? Like it's just. But how do you? Depressing. How do you incorporate a man kicking a woman into that? <laughs> I don't know, but it's not. So maybe that's maybe the entire climax of the film is the head of it is Elizabeth Debicki or whatever, and Robert Pattinson has to kick her in the face, and that's it. You know, that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what that's what got cut. That's a bit grim. You had to stretch. You had to stretch really because she's like six foot five or something. So you had to stretch very tall to try and kick her, but he did it, and that's what got cut. Did you hear that Travis Scott's doing the track, the title track for Tenet? Yes, and Christopher Nolan called it the final piece of the puzzle in the press release for it. That's and, uh, interesting. That's yes, I know. <laughs> I just can't imagine Nolan being a fan of Travis Scott. To be fair. If he likes what he likes. Well, I was gonna say there's that video that went viral of um, Christopher Nolan at an Eminem concert. <laughs> yeah, it was the MTV Movie Awards and pretty. Yeah. Cool. And he's like, <laughs> he's like proper it's vibing. Same, it's got this same kind of vibe as like Martin Scorsese watching Eminem uh, um, <laughs> at the Oscars last this year. Oh my. Um. Yeah, Travis Scott is an interesting choice for Tenet. By the way, I've yeah. heard. I've heard from. Um, reliable sources that the movie is very good. Oh, is, yes, this, a, is we, this an exclusive scoop? We have some mutual friends that have obviously seen the film. Yes, um, uh-huh. and, and I'm hearing that it's apparently very, very good. How mindfucky on a scale of one to ten? Did uh, you, uh, apparently, did you it's the important uh, questions. Apparently, it's very, very confusing in a good way. But apparently, uh-huh. it's it's a bit of a mind melter, um, from what I've heard, um, so so much so that in fact, the 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 press team, like the PR team for the film, have been asking press if they need to watch it multiple times. Oh my! And they've been giving press the option to watch it, um, a few times before they review it. That's mental. That yeah. That's crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. So there's a little inside scoop. Um, I think that's really cool. <laughs> That is that is insane. I'm excited. Oh my! I'm excited. I, I'm, I better go and book my second view and a second show in now. You know, I mean, that's just. I mean, we were discussing this. I've already, I've, I'm already booked in to see yeah, it twice you've, now. You've, yeah, you're booked in to see it twice. I'll probably have to try and double bill it with New Mutants on the weekend. That's out then, if that's the case. Yeah, but that's our our tenant chat for this week, and our final bit of news, um, is a big bit actually. So obviously, we all heard about the the situation of. Chris Plummer being CGI'd into um, all the money in the world to replace Kevin Spacey after the sort of allegations of misconduct came out against him, and all and all the memes that spawned. We all yes, yeah. So this is happening again. Now Tignatora is replacing Chris Delia for Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Yes, uh, Chris was accused earlier this year of preying on underage girls on Twitter. Yes, so. Very wise decision to um, cut that predator out of of your upcoming film, I would say. Um, 
so, I agree. Yeah, and, and Tig is pretty... I don't think I've seen her in any films, but her stand-up's pretty funny. So, she was in you know. Star Trek Discovery as well, which is where I, I know her from. Not that I've seen a lot ah. of Star Trek Discovery, but... Um... Well, that's interesting. I, I, they're shooting it once, obviously, they, it's COVID safe or whatever. I don't know what's going on in America yeah. anymore. Yeah. That's that's interesting. And Zach's obviously going to be having a busy year. Yes, because so. we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but the Snyder Cut trailer is coming out yeah, this weekend. Yeah, it's coming. And he's working it's on it at the moment, so... This def- this episode is instantly dated because it comes out the day before the news. All this news. I drops. know, I know. We we literally we chose a bad time to record. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the sort of big news for this week. Um, now I know we've got some films to talk about because me and you have been have been busy watching. Yeah, I binged Bill and Ted. Obviously, not we're not that we're reviewing Bill and Ted, but I watched them in preparation for Face the Music, which is coming up pretty soonish. Um, yes, so... I'm excited for that. Yes, I'm very excited for Bill and Ted. Actually, it was isn't it, hasn't it been delayed for UK Arrival? Yes, it's been delayed only in cinemas September 23rd, and it hits on demand in the US next week. So uh, I know what I'll be doing. I was going to say, thank God for <laughs> iTunes USA. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, no, the, the I think the biggest release this week is on Disney Plus. Oh, the the big big bad gorilla movie. Yes, the one and only Ivan. I think I saw that one too. It's about the gorilla that draws things for like yes. five minutes in the movie. Now, I'm surprised because you didn't like it. No, I didn't. I thought I just found it so dull and so just... I didn't even... It felt like it just kind of was just like too bland for like... It was almost... It wanted to like make that like... Oh, animals in cages equal bad, obviously. So that's... But it didn't lean enough into it. And then I, was, I found every character... Really, I found Ivan really boring as like a character in general. And Danny DeVito's dog was the only kind of thing that made me enjoy the movie in any way. But I just thought it was really dull and boring for what it wanted to be. So see what you, know, you what that's... you what you find dull and boring, I found very charming and, and heartwarming. <laughs> really, I didn't. I had no. The heart was the. It was cold. It was my heart was so cold. I don't know. I just. Life. I. I really. I mean, I think obviously it's a film about talking animals. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe that already set my expectations low because it's not exactly a very fruitful genre. Basically, I mean, we we talk about how it's about a gorilla that can draw. That's really only the last like what ten minutes of it. The trailer goes for that. Goes on that hard. Like yeah. it's like, oh yes, Ivan can draw lots of drawy things, and you're like, no, 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 this is like five seconds in the movie. Like the, yeah, the most of it is just Ivan ta- sitting around his cage talking about life in general yeah which, which I, I i quite enjoyed that sort of more low-key approach um to it i quite enjoyed the character moments between the animals like the conversations and stuff and i, I thought the dynamic between brian cranston and so his character mac and ivan i thought was really really touching i i wish i wish they did more with it especially with his past yeah that's that's one of the things i found so disappointing was the fact that there was all this this history here we got like two flashbacks and that was it we were supposed to just kind of it, it was felt like their relationship wasn't fleshed out as much as it could have been and you could have added like another 10 minutes to this movie like easily it's only like an hour 30 isn't it it's like it's an hour 20 an hour 20 without credits oh well there you yeah. go and they could have added another 10 minutes to this yeah. movie, and it would have been would have been almost a little like a little bit more interesting because i found brian Cranston's character probably one of the more interesting ones just because of how obsessed he was with trying to make his job work even though it was a bit 
Ooh, you're still using animals? In these movies, in these movies about talking animals, it's always human equals bad. Yes. Um, but this film really showed the complexity of, of human. And it was like, you could understand, yes, Brian Cranston's doing sort of immoral things, but he has a care for it. He has a care for these animals. Um, and I quite, I quite enjoyed that sort of aspect of the film was that sort of complexity of, of his character doing the things that he was doing and for the reasons that he was doing them. Definitely. I think that was one of the things I kind of almost thought, like, oh, this is pretty ballsy of you to not just go human bad. This is animals in cages bad. There was a lot of deeper layers to it almost, which, yeah. was, which I found pretty interesting because it's so easy in these movies just to make the human like, oh, I'm going to get you, you rascal, you rascal little <laughs> you rascal. animal. You rascal, <laughs> you animal little boy. I'm going to get you with my big comical net and follow my arse every six seconds. But, you know, yeah. I'm glad the human representation in this movie wasn't, wasn't bad. You yeah. know, yeah. so often our, us humans are displayed as bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. There we go. So, yeah, no, I wasn't a massive fan of this. I just, but I was also, one, it was like the same way I watched Project Power where I was just, I don't know. Maybe I was just out of it. I'll give it another watch. You know, if you liked it that much, I will give it one more shot and see if I liked it again. But it's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus this weekend. So if you have a subscription, it's worth checking out. As I say, it's only like an hour twenty without credits. So yeah. definitely not a time-consuming watch. Easy watch. I also did like the bunny with the fire engine. He was my favorite character. Ah yes, yes, of course. Yeah, no, good, good. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Sure, I didn't, but hey. <laughs> I'll tell you a movie, I'll tell you another movie I enjoyed, Cameron. Okay, tell me about this, because I don't think I've seen this. Right, now this movie is called Random Acts of Violence. It sounds cheerful. <laughs> well, we're about to get into it. So it's based It's based on a graphic novel. It's, it's First of all, it's directed by um, Jay Baruchel, who is better known as an actor, um, as the voice of Hiccup in How to Train Your Dragon. Um, this is the second film that he's directed. It's a horror film. And it's about a comic writer. He's on a press tour with his assistant, his, 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 his girlfriend. But as he's doing this press tour, deaths start arising around him. And basically, the way these deaths are framed, the way that the bodies are mangled, is the way that he drew it in his comics. And it's like, oh. he's got very, very violent, gratu- like gratuitous comics. And basically... It's about how his sort of storytelling... He basically has to deal with the sort of repercussions of that. It's not scary, but it's it's a lot of fun, I, I personally thought. It sounds like something I'd stick on to watch. I mean, I'm just looking here at the... It's got um, the guy from... Yes, so it has, it has Jesse Williams, um, and it also has Jordana Brewster from the Fast and Furious films. And it's... I, I will say this, it's very very violent very gory it's a very fascinating film i recommend it it's on shudder um the horror streaming service and i believe you can get free trials for it so there you go use code 35 millimeter at checkout for your 35 day free trial uh don't because people will probably try <laughs> that um also we do have an interview with j barrel Yes. So he can explain himself for all the gratuitous... I can't even speak. The gross violence. Yeah, um, he's going to talk a little bit about 
the film about where it came from and about some of the sort of practical effects and some of the kills and violence on show. And it's just worth noting that there are a few minor spoilers discussed, so if you do plan on watching the film and you don't want any of it ruined for you, skip ahead, that's your spoiler warning. So here you go, have a little listen. This is Jay Baruchel talking about random acts of violence. Um, I know that this film has been in the works for quite some time. I was just wondering how it was that you came across the graphic novel and what it was about that 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 comic book that sort of resonated with you so deeply and made you want to to turn it into a film essentially yeah um so it it starts out um in a super super boring um way which is uh jesse my writing partner and i we were kind of trying to establish ourselves as writers and so we uh met the people that had the rights to random acts because they own the rights to actually another comic book that we were kind of really interested in and um and i guess to sort of suss us out they asked if we could come up with a pitch for this thing and so we really just tried to uh do that as best we could we tried to you know deliver on and and then eventually deliver on the the pitch that we made um and then at a certain point in just trying our hardest uh we started really giving a shit about it and there was like a kind of a, a clear shift from it being um, a sort of assignment uh, to becoming, uh, you know, a baby, um, something that you we would like suffer eight years of development to get going. Um, and so so, yeah, it starts very kind of humble. And then at a certain point, uh, we just sort of took creative ownership of it. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know how the. Uh, producers felt about that but at a certain point yeah we were just like this is this is our baby and and we want to fight to make it as 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 good as we can and I think the thing that sort of struck us was the the potential to kind of uh well a just a really strong conceit for 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 a scary flick uh but but contained within that conceit was the opportunity to kind of uh, say things or, or question some things that um, that we thought worth questioning. And and as the thing kind of snowballed over eight plus years of development, uh, conversations that we were having amongst our, ourselves about the thing we were writing and about other things that we were watching and reading, um, we realized needed to kind of be put in the thing. So um, so, yeah, it's it, we, we we by virtue of not getting it made, we were afforded eight years of trying to tinker with the script to make it as strong as it could be. There are a lot of great practical effects on showing this. I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about the process of staging some of the kills in such an effective visual manner um, and working with that smaller budget to do so. Thanks. I'm glad you. I'm glad you 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 think so because I I'm really really proud of the prosthetics in this movie. Um, I say proud like I did them, but but like I'm proud that they're. I think they look fucking wicked, and I think we pulled it off. Um, it it starts from, it starts from the fact that I got to work with, as far as I'm concerned, one one of the great sort of prosthetic makeup artists in the world, a fellow called Paul Jones who I've uh, known since I was uh, 18 when he built uh, a sort of throat slit rig that for me, for a movie, a crummy movie that I was got killed in. Uh, I shouldn't say crummy a movie that I got killed in, but, uh, but so he just, uh, we, we start with kind of understanding uh, first off uh, a general idea and concept for the violence. And we know that we, our goal is uh, wherever possible to be as close to anatomically correct 
and and we and we want we the answer was like the, the sort of rule we had was like we want to go kind of small and clumsy and we want it to be uncomfortable and we want it to be in the sort of stubbing your toes and shit like like in the in that neighborhood we just wanted it to be kind of dirty and 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 harsh and and as close to authentic as we could get um and so we start kind of choreographing to a degree roughly uh, mapping out the i shouldn't say choreographing just mapping out the kind of general story beats of each kill then in doing that we kind of you know, might have a bit of inspiration, like the 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 scene where the kids get it in the car, uh, the kid in the in the passenger seat who gets it probably the worst. Um, there's a bit where he puts his hands up and he gets stabbed and through both palms of his hands. Well, that was my cinematographer Kareem Hussein. Like as we were kind of shot listing that sequence and trying to figure out what we wanted it to feel like, he like. He was like, well, what about this? Something like this. I was like, that's fucking god awful. And that feels like something that could actually happen, you know? And and then also, I to be honest, I kept um sort of piss testing it uh through my with with my with my my stepdad. Because my stepdad was a combat veteran and an emergency room nurse. And so he has kind of seen a lot of shit. And and I would like, we'd write a sequence. And show it to him and be like, is this a thing that would happen or what would it look like? And so he was always there, my stepdad Cliff, to kind of tell us, okay, it should be a bit less. Here should be a bit more. Like he gave a bit, you know, what what happens to me when I meet my untimely end? Um, we originally thought it would be way kind of smaller and 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 a bit more subtle. And and then Cliff very quickly was like, that caliber rifle at that distance would be a fucking disaster in the back of that car. And so, so yeah, so it was just kind of um, figuring out the story beats, figuring out what our kind of hero prosthetic gag is, if there is one. So in the car, hands and girl in the thigh kind of thing. Um, and then figuring out how we can best serve those because again, all movie making is sleight of hand. It's all just a magician on a stage. So, so, but it starts from figuring out kind of what the point of the scene is. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that was incredible. That was a truly incredible interview. I've never, I think that will go down in the ages as probably one of the best interviews I've ever heard of my entire life. But <laughs> you I, don't you, know for sure I was going to say you've not even you've not even listened to it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard it yet. I'm very excited to listen to it, but that that was it must have been a very entertaining. Um, I I have to say I just want want it on the record. He is the nicest guy. Um, he was so polite and just so friendly to interview because because it, it was a round table, so um, it lasted about forty five minutes, and mm-hmm. it was only scheduled to be about half an hour. But he was just lovely. I've always been a big fan of his, so it was it was it was an honor to get to to chat to him. That's cool. Um, I want to quickly just talk about. A weird film very quickly just obviously we're running over time oh yes here we go i want to talk about spree yes i think we have to it sort of transitions well from random acts of violence yeah because it's a film that like it wants to be random acts of violence by the sounds of things but just never quite manages to get there because it's about this um live streamer who streams his um spree his uber rides rides basically and he um he he kills people for like views but no one's watching and he's just a bit mental um and my the one of the main things I noticed was how ungruesome it is, if that makes sense. Yeah, we were discussing like, this, and um, 
it's it's a good sort of fun little thriller but we were i think we were chatting about this and and everyone's complaint seemed to be that it wasn't nasty enough yeah which is so odd for like to have that complaint but it was it was almost like it wanted to be they didn't have the budget for the blood like it just seemed like they forgot to add the blood in either post or they just could not afford to make blood exactly um, i i don't hear people saying oh this film wasn't nasty enough but really uh, this film is let down by the fact it wasn't sort of violent enough like it's it's still a lot of fun i mean I, I, did, you you enjoyed it didn't you yeah no i had a great time with it i didn't i didn't i thought it was a bit muddled and it's like messaging it was obviously like oh we're all obsessed with getting views and stuff we all want more followers and like that's bad look how bad look how desperate people are like it was but at the same time it was it was lots of fun it's just a lot of fun you know i had a, i watched this like it's really it's a really easy watch and i wouldn't recommend going to see it in the cinemas really i would recommend watching it at home with some mates frankie grande is in it for some reason like, yeah like, it's just so strange kyle mooney's uh, in yeah. it for a wee bit yes he's kyle mooney plays awkward kind of rapey man which is his his, his yeah i was gonna say he's like usually typecast as that. <laughs> so, yeah so that's 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 all the films that are out and about are coming up that we've seen what else is is there anything else coming out very fairly soonish um i mean we talked about it the only big film coming out is tenet which will be out next week um in fact our next episode will will probably be a sort of tenet bumper episode and a dc yeah fandom episode because that's happening on saturday um, i'm so excited yeah and we're going to be getting a lot of dc news and trailers and the like from that which is which is very exciting and likely what we'll be gushing over next week yeah it's the tenet will be a lot of there'll be a lot of the gushing for tenet a lot of the gushing for whatever trailers they drop maybe i don't think we're going to get a trailer for battison but if we do I will die inside. Well, just Matt of... Reeves just released um, the logo for it and some artwork for it, which was quite cool. Oh, I didn't even see that. I that's literally, literally minutes before we started recording. Um, oh, that'd be why I haven't seen Very, that. very cool. Um, I, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm most excited for. I'm most excited, weirdly, to hear about Black Adam. Yeah, I think that'll be... Um a very interesting one because it's going to be the rock so he and he goes hard when yeah he wants to, when he wants to make a movie so it'll be very interesting to see where they go and i feel that. like that panel will couple into shazam 2 give me it now please thank you and it's it's very oh, just so hype we're probably going to get a look at the snyder cut new wonder woman trailer um did you think we'll get a trailer for suicide squad yeah, I think we'll get at least a teaser. I mean, that's done filming, so they'll they'll be probably tease it at least, I think. yeah, or at least some stills or something. Um, there's some unannounced films that have panels, yes. so that'll be interesting to see what they announce. I think maybe another Harley Quinn film. I think whether it's um Gotham City Sirens or or a Birds of Prey sequel, I think we'll be getting another Harley Quinn movie announced. Yeah, and we got the games as well. Batman Gotham Knight, which is Mon- uh, Warner Brothers Montreal's new game. The Again, Suicide Squad game? Excessively teased. Yep, Suicide Squad oh, Justice League is what yes. Very exciting times. Uh, good time to be a fan of DC and like video games as well. So yeah, which we'll be, be we'll be talking all about it next week. So you can you can hear us cry and scream over DC and and Tenet because you know we're Christopher Nolan fanboys. 
<laughs> you can find me on Twitter at CamsOG and um, probably OIFilms.com. Uh, who are you? I am Oase, and you can follow me on Twitter at OasisOase, and you can find me on thefilmbite.com for all your latest goodness. Also, yeah, if you want to read the... I'm going to do a quick plug. If you want to read the full Jay Baruchel roundtable, um, follow me on Twitter because I've tweeted a link to that. And I'm probably gonna be oh. I'm probably gonna be promoting it all week. Let's be honest. Yeah, because it's a very it was a long one. Forty five minutes of transcribing an interview must be hell on earth. So yes, I, it, I, was, I, it was. It was pleasant. Give you the clicks. It was pleasant. The clicks. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll see you next week uh, next Friday for more Tenet based news and reviews. Because that's Goodbye. what the show is now. <laughs> yeah. See you later. Every week. Goodbye.